you're listening. One person's mission to force her friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. I'm Ramsey. Hey, Ramsey. I'm Heather. How are you? What was that intro? <laughs> A DuckTales reference? I don't oh, know. Oh, boy. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. How are you? I'm good. Um, Heather, I have a brief statement I'd like to read, if that's okay. Okay, go ahead. Recent reports in the media have mischaracterized my behavior, and I would like to take this opportunity to set the record straight. Uh It is true that I broke my toe this week. However, it was not because I stubbed it really hard on my accordion case. Mm -hmm. I broke my toe while participating in an illicit all-night ska party after a particularly violent skank. I am very cool. I love dancing, partying, and listening to music with horns, and will not tolerate any statements to the contrary. Thank you. So, uh, Ramsey, did you break your toe this week? (laughs) I broke my toe this week, yes. Uh, Would your wife corroborate your story if I texted her right now? I think it would be very important to respect my family's privacy at this time. (laughs) Just checking. (laughs) So, okay, Uh, great. You stubbed your toe on your accordion. I think I refer you to my previous uh-huh. announcement. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll let our listeners decide. I have a feeling that they <laughs> will understand exactly what happened. <laughs> it hurts. I hate, I hate having a broken toe. The end. I don't think I've ever broken a toe. Um, it's not fun. And I went to a podiatrist and he's like, yeah, it, it fixes itself. Just tape it up. Sick. Uh-huh. <laughs> Love to go to a doctor for that. <laughs> um, let's see if our guest has ever had a broken toe. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> Uh, today we have Chris from Mansions joining us. Hi, Chris. Hey, guys. Uh, I have not had a broken toe, but I was a big Christian ska fan. So. Oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, close I enough. I don't think I knew that. I mean, of course, it was that there was that specific of a genre, but I was going to say I, I was unaware of Christian ska specifically. Yeah, yeah they're always like raise you up, raise you up, raise you up. Oh. What, what are the are there do they still have like pun names in christian ska uh definitely pun like album titles okay. like there was ska Leluya, <laughs> classic oh God, I, I almost spit out my drink jesus that is truly uh, great i could have worked for hours on trying to come up with the perfect one and that's Maybe. that's it ska Leluya. So sorry. Now I googled Christian ska. I do remember the band, the OC Supertones. Yeah, there were some crossovers. Like Five Hundred Frenzy got kind of uh, successful outside the Christian world. I would yeah. say. Interesting. I mean, I did go to like a youth group for a while because I grew up in a super small town, and like the only thing to do was go to church because it was the only, mm-hmm. you know, in a tiny town, like the only place that has money for like youth activities. And so I feel like there is some bleed over of like me remembering this from church versus then, uh, listen, getting into pumpkin ska music, <laughs> not really ska for me, but fringe, I, you know, there it's always around. It was, it was all Amy Grant all the time at our youth groups. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I had a cool youth group. I guess so. <laughs> um, well, welcome Chris. We're excited to have you. Um, I think I'm going to end up being more excited about this than Ramsey, though. But do you want to tell <laughs> Ramsey what album we're doing today? We are listening to Cursive's uh, sort of conceptual, emo-ish masterpiece, uh, The Ugly Organ. Um, Ramsey, as I often ask you, uh, have you? what do you know about this band, if anything? Mm, we haven't listened to Cursive, right? Correct. I... I guess I've just heard of them as an emo band. Like I know the name, but, uh, and I can't write in cursive, but that's it. (laughs) Great. Perfect. Um, okay. I I am nervous about the words emo and conceptual. (laughs) (laughs) Rightfully so. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's understandable. And Um, I guess ugly and organ, if I'm being (laughs) honest. (laughs) Um, cool. So, Chris, how did you like come to this album? I came to it like I definitely heard it when it came out. I would have been like a senior in high school, um, but it was a little too abrasive for me. I think mm-hmm. like I was more into Bright Eyes as far as like you know Bright Eyes and Cursive kind of went together yep. in a lot of ways. Um, and then it was more after uh, there's a band called The Good Life, uh-huh. like the the Tim Casher side project. From cursive and that was 
uh, the band, they did an album called uh, Record of the Year. That that one got me into him and his songwriting. And I kind of went back to cursive from that. That's okay. So I feel a little better because we have a very similar like backstory with us. Because same thing, like, yeah, this came out in 2003. So I was a freshman in college. Um, but yeah, like I, this was an album that like, dudes I dated listened to that I was not into because I like agree at that time. I was just like, this is too abrasive for me. I'm like not into this. Um, I was definitely same thing, like more into like bright eyes, more melodic, like probably that same time, like death cab, et cetera. But now like, I don't know. I just think I got into it over time, but I hadn't listened to it in a long time. And in preparation for this podcast, I put it on and I was just like, this album holds up so well. Like I was really surprised how much it doesn't sound like it's from the early 2000s. And to me still sounds like it could have been released like last week, basically. Um, And how much I feel like a lot of bands copped this sound after this album. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I think this album is really cool and interesting. I don't know a ton of the conceptual elements of it. Do you know much about that? Not really. Like, and that's the stuff for me that I I did the same thing of re-listening to it. And the like conceptual stuff is like a hard skip for me. (laughs) It it feels like the, the like skits on rap songs or on rap albums. (laughs) Like, like yes. that's cool. Like I appreciate that you're trying to pull this album together, but like you're kind of wasting my time. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like that's never really my thing. Like I think I don't know. I think the only other album we've done that it was like conceptual was like a like Coheed maybe. And right. seemed, like that's not even like I'm a super fan of that album. Those albums start with I like I'm fine, but I'm like very much like an individual song person and like a lyrics person. So like doing, figuring out the through line of the concept of an album is just like not really what I'm interested in. Yeah. And I think the concept albums that are actually like good, usually the concept is pretty weak, you know, cause like the songs <laughs> have to be good on their own. And the ones where like the songs really stick to the concept, like they end up being bad songs cause they're having to serve this concept instead of just being good on their own. Oh yeah, right. Because like, I guess when, sorry, now I'm just thinking about like writing a concept album, and that feels very annoying now. (laughs) Yeah, you can't just write a song and be like, oh, let me figure out how to sequence this. You have to like write them in order. Like that feels annoying to me. And I think it's like a great trick for like getting yourself inspired, and especially like the type of music that Cursive is doing, where it's like you know all like personal and about mm-hmm. yourself and your experiences, like that gets hard to keep drawing on that well. So like whatever you can do to trick yourself into feeling like it's fresh, like that's great. But sure. then like <laughs> don't stick with whatever bullshit story you like wrote down for this. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, totally. Um, I feel like we should get into it and we can just keep talking about it. Um, Ramsey. Can, uh, yes. I sent you the album art. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for doing so. Oh, this sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to hate this as soon as I said it to you. What what do you hate about it? (laughs) Um, So I will take the, I don't think I've necessarily said this on the show. I am partially colorblind. And, oh, super. Uh, you can barely even see this. It's, it's just it. gray, a gray album. It's green. I said partially. Uh, I can tell the difference. It's This green, though, is um, it's difficult for me. Like It reminds me of pool table felt, but mm. I don't know if it's supposed to be that green to normal people's eyes. No, it kind of is that green. Okay. It's I kind of like a neon green. I did a Google image search and I feel like every single thumbnail is a different colored green. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> like some of them are like a muted green, some are neon. The one I sent him was kind of neon for the record. <laughs> I, I've noticed that happens when I'm Googling album art from this era, I guess because some people are like scanning liner notes versus like the digital assets versus whatever. Wait, but yeah. also now that I just re-Googled the, the album art. So the, Chris, in your recollection, does it have splatter all over it? Or is it like clean piano keys? A clean, I think. Yeah, okay. I see that splatter one. And that does not seem right. Yeah. I was going to alert you to that somebody 
messed up this painting. Well, no, yeah. So the one I sent Ramsey is from Curses of Cursives band camp page and it has like splatter all over it. But Ramsey, let me send you this other one. Maybe that was the, they like did a reissue, like 10 year anniversary thing. That makes sense. So, okay, take it back. You're still not going to love it, but here's the, here's the real one. (laughs) You might like it a little more. (laughs) Oh, this one. Perfect. Now that's an album cover. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, the first thing I think when I see this uh, cover is I, think that would be a very uncomfortable piano to play those are some very sharp edges yeah that's fair (laughs) Uh, what do you think the red and yellow circles are supposed to be are those dials on a keyboard i don't know yeah i don't think organs have like knobs like that like they have like coal things i I mean i think the whole album falls apart now i don't know that we can even (laughs) oh that's not necessarily my goal but definitely the quickest work i've done (laughs) Oh, wait. Or I do think it's supposed to be an organ knob. Sorry, I just Googled it. Oh, the ugly organ. Yeah, it's like the knobs. You know what I mean? Like a crazy church organ has like knobs on it. Oh, yeah, it does. Like those pull out thingies. Okay, the album's back on. The album's back on. Now that's what this is. It's back. (laughs) Back and coming for you. (laughs) Okay, now I get it. (laughs) Great question, Ramsey. Really, thank you. Confidence. <laughs> wow, what a what a roller coaster this yeah. album already is. <laughs> uh, I have a question, but I'll wait until we like start this thing up. Okay, I'm gonna start it. Are you Are you excited? What do you think it's gonna sound like? Oh yeah, that's an important question. Yeah. Uh, huh. I think this is gonna sound like. Let's see, the comparison to Bright Eyes as a preference. So I'm I'm thinking that this might be harder, mm-hmm. more aggressive. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be an organ on one song <laughs> uh, to commit to the bit. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I think the conceit is going to be about um, somebody running away from home. That's just a shot in the dark. Okay. Um, Before I hit play, I'm going to read you this one line from Wikipedia just to prep you with an initial sound characterized by one reviewer as similar to At the Drive-In. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Chris, for you, uh, At the Drive-In is Ramsey's least favorite album we've done on this show. So Really? Mm -hmm. That's a hot take. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He did not enjoy it. Hey, it's the organ. Yeah. Good it job. is the organ. Oh, it's a spooky organ. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's what they should like call the like album. It's just like a ball game organ to me. Is this supposed to be ambient? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't something wrong with the recording. Not the setup. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like, I get the like setting the mood for the album, but like no one really wants like you're not going to put this on a playlist or something. <laughs> no unless it's a spooky sounds playlist <laughs> yeah your halloween playlist. <laughs> can you actually hear it now ramsey it's no longer ambient yes uh you can turn it up a little bit i think Great. it's still spooky though yeah you're not wrong yeah they have a they have a cello player oh like full time yeah that was kind of like, I, I guess not a gimmick. A gimmick makes it sound bad, but that was like the thing that set them apart a little bit. Yeah, I do like that. Not like that Manchester Orchestra. <laughs> it's not an orchestra. False <laughs> yeah. <Well>, advertising. <laughs> yeah, not from Manchester. It's not an orchestra. Um, yeah, I mean, I think like listening to this now, it is funny because like I did. Uh, I say this with like. Not disagreeing with Silicon I did like eventually get into harder music, like still not like hard. Let me be very clear about that. But um, in retrospect, I'm like, oh, this isn't even that crazy of an album. But then I was just like, oh, too much, too much for me. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that. Even the the at the driving thing sounds is funny to me because this isn't like that heavy or anything. I agree, and I think it's a lot less. Than at the drive-in. Yeah. yeah. 
it's certainly like shoutier than most emo, I would say. Or some emo. Most emo I play you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the fact that this is a conceptual album, is this still pretty emblematic of Cursive's style going forward? I think so. I mean, I don't think it sounds that much different than other stuff, but I honestly, this is the album I know the best. I don't know yeah. like, <laughs> the other albums. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I think that's representative. Like, I'm really Domestica, but like, that's probably it. Because yeah. they only have, what is it, four albums? They did they some, like, oh no, they have more. They have more. I lied. They did recent ones, and I think the cello player left the band, so it's she did. a little different. They did, well, now I'm on the Wikipedia, my favorite part of the band timeline. They did get a new cellist. Oh, um, really? You're no more. Yeah. <laughs> what a get. They're more consistent than I would have guessed. So they had an album in 97, 98, 2000, this one was 2003, and then 2006, 2009, 2012, and then 18 and 19. I definitely, in my head, I was like, ugly organ, and that's it. <laughs> hmm. I think there was a thing where, like, he said they were broken up until yeah. he, until he would quit drinking or something like that. Is that? That sounds and then, right. And then eventually it's just been a while and he was like, ah, never mind, let's start the band back. I'm gonna say, is he sober now? I don't know. I don't think so. But I've seen, I've never seen person, but I've seen Chip Casher solo. Uh, and I don't think he plays any person songs. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't remember to be perfectly honest. It was kind of odd. He was opening for Say Anything, which I felt like was a kind of a. Not an odd pairing as humans, I guess, but like odd pairing for the crowd. Like, I don't know who was there for Tim Cash and was also there for Say Anything. Like, like me and one other person. <laughs> yeah. Really, I will say, oh, say is this all what you were expecting or initial reactions? Uh, so I feel like this is my upper tolerance for the shoutier side of things. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know how to say it other than, like, it does feel earned. Like, it doesn't just, like, start screaming at me. It builds. Uh, yeah, so far, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. It hasn't completely turned me off. That's yeah, I think you're right about his yelling voice like sounds like he's legitimately like emotional or like yelling about something yeah versus just like screaming for no reason yeah i would agree i feel like you saying earned like i feel like i can translate that into like there's an actual emotion behind it versus just like some super generic screamo that's literally just screaming for screaming sake that's yeah. how a non-robot would say that yes good <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I don't know, I would say this is their most popular song. Yeah, I feel like this was the the single or whatever yeah. from this. This and Art is Hard were apparently uh, singles I'm putting in quotes, but yeah. And what I think is really cool about Art is Hard, and there's some other songs that do the same thing, is he's really good at writing songs about writing songs. Mm-hmm. Um which like i had never really heard that before until this album and bright eyes does it a good amount too but cursive i think is especially good at it yeah and well because i was doing like some reading about it because again it's obviously been a minute with this album and especially because like it's not like this was one of my favorite albums from the year 2003 on isn't that kind like isn't that part of like what the concept is about is like a about songwriting? I can't really remember. I think so. I don't know what it, exactly it is, but it definitely like pops up on enough songs that it, yeah. even if it's not the concept, it's definitely like a theme. Yeah. So this is like the 30 Rock of uh, albums. Or Studio 60. Sure, yes. Much more relatable. <laughs> Sorry. I remember reading some interview that like him and Connor Oberst at a certain point agreed to like not write any songs about writing songs for <laughs> a year. They were like, we can't do that anymore. That's funny. 
Well, and so I feel like we should also give you some more context for the significance of this Ramsey. So, okay, I'm not going to get all the details right, but basically, so Cursive is from Omaha. And I don't know if they're the first, they're not the first band on Saddle Creek, but they're like on this label Saddle Creek that Bright Eyes was on. And then like mm. Rilo Kylie was eventually on. And like the Saddle Creek thing and like Omaha had like its own scene. Like I've tried to explain Chicago emo to you. This is Omaha emo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so it's like it's a different sound it's a different thing it, and well this was happening later i would say than like the peak of chicago you know but okay. um i would i feel like and i don't know if this is definitely just my perception of it is that like cursive was kind of the band like and specifically tim kind of like defining like what that looked and sounded like even though like cursive wasn't even the most popular band on saddle creek i would say I don't know. That's my perception of it. Whether or not any of that is factually correct, who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, are you able to, are there any like tenets of Omaha emo that makes it different from other things? That's a good question. I was huh. not really ready. No, a, I mean, a lot of them were, like a lot of the records were produced by the same guy who's in Bright Eyes. So a lot of them, like the drums sound really similar and that type of thing. Yeah, I mean, granted, uh, like- I'm gonna break in real quick to say I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, think it, I don't think it's like, like this obviously does not sound like Rilo Kylie necessarily, but I do think like it's, I can't compare it to Chicago emo because it's also like a decade apart, like the two different things, like times that I'm explaining to you, but like, I feel like the Saddle Creek stuff, it's like, it definitely is like a Midwestern sound more so than like any of like the, you know, or mid, or Jesus Christ, West Coast is what the word I was looking for. West Coast, like pop punk stuff or anything like that. I do feel like it also, there's a lot more going on. Like, obviously this is like a prime example of it where there's like a lot of different instruments, a lot of different layers. And I do feel like, the production is a little more layered than a lot of the other emo of this time. I think it's kind of fair to say, but... Yeah, they're a lot more ambitious than yeah. other. For sure. I, I can definitely hear the ambition in terms of like trying a bunch of different things. Even in the, what, three songs I've heard so far? Um, would you be surprised if I told you six? What? <laughs> yes? Yeah, that's the uh, two of the songs are less than a minute, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that weird jangly? That was a, yeah. That was the first song. Oh, I see. So you've heard one, two, three. This is the fourth full length song you've heard. Okay. You, you don't love this one? Uh, <laughs> I really like the the noodly guitar riffs of the first one. They're kind of. Or, no, no, sorry, not the first one, the one right before this. Got it. Uh, they're very, like, soaring and pleasant. Mm-hmm. And then, what is this? Well, this is called <laughs> Butcher the Song. I don't know if that helps you at all. I mean, that joke just writes itself. I'm not even going to pick that low-hanging fruit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is not one of my favorites, I will tell you. Um, I don't hate it, though. Yeah, some of the stuff with them, I feel like you kind of have to get through these ones because then it makes the pretty stuff like sound even nicer or prettier. Fair. Um, that's fair. But there's a song coming up that specifically like does that thing where like the song I'm like I'm not into this, and then it changes and it's like this is right on. What is your favorite song on this album? I don't know. I like Artist Heart a lot. Um, that's probably my favorite. What's yours? I think it's probably the Reckless and then Hardest Heart as well. Yeah. I mean, they're also obviously, clearly, the two most important songs on the album. <laughs> uh, did you give the name of the one right before this one? The one you liked? Yes. Was the Reckless, and then there was a 40-second okay. song in between that you probably don't even notice. I think that was the one you said you hated. Yes, agreed. <laughs> That was called oh, wait, Feral I, Frankenstein. I disagreed with you saying what I said. 
I feel like there's a story going on here, but I have not been able to follow this song. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to. Yeah. C- clearly, we don't know either. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and my prediction about the organ is wrong. It's back. Oh, yeah, you're, that's true. Oh, I do love this one a lot, too. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one is called Driftwood, a Fairy Tale. I don't know any of the titles of any of these oh, songs. no, I'm looking at them. It's the only way I know them. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the least memorable titles for some reason. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I think I'm not great at song titles in general, uh, but these ones, I don't know that they're tied to anything. So I'm like, okay. Based on my very limited experience, this sounds like 2000s Panic at the Disco. Ooh, <laughs> Uh, well, like, maybe if they weren't theater kids. Uh, I guess this... that's maybe what I'm I'm keying into. It's, this feels uh, like they turned the theater kid dial up two notches. For Panic at the Disco? Uh, uh, Cursive turned their theater dial up. Oh, I disagree. I feel the opposite. <laughs> yeah, okay, I think interesting. Interesting. Uh, Panic at the Disco... It's okay. Here's why I think you're saying that is that there's other instruments. Maybe. Like, I I kind of get where you're coming from. Like there is the organ, there is there are strings. Like there is like a bit of a theatrical element, like sound to these songs. I think. Uh, I think the inclusion of like fairy tale also kind of got me there. <laughs> <laughs> Did I put this you in can... your head by sending you that country cover of Panic at the Disco? <laughs> you see, you seem to be mistaken that I listened to that. <laughs> it's an incredible cover, and you should listen to it. Uh, Do you I think Panic at the Disco was influenced by this? Maybe. I don't know. Wait, when did that? When did that first album come out? Like maybe like two thousand five or six? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know if this would have been their scene to listen to, but if it was, I can imagine. I mean, because they were like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible, but I do feel like they were definitely coming out of more like straight pop punk land and doing their theater kid version of it. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> they were on... I don't remember. They were on the... Uh, the were they Decadence? Yeah, Decadence, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was one of those two. Also, like, what if that part of my brain right now that knew that Panic at the Disco was on fucking decadence was used for something that was cool in my life? Like, I'm not doing no dumb shit like that. I'm just like, oh, God, come on, Heather. (laughs) I can't get those brain cells back. Do you like this one more, Ramsey, or less? I'm I'm still not sure. Uh, I like the prominent cello. Uh, I I do really like the cello. I think it's a cool. I mean, I think I like when there's any unexpected instrument, but yeah. Yeah. Y'all haven't like done. No, you haven't done murder by true. death on this, have you? No, we have not done murder by death. Another cello band. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I do. I like Murder by Death. I would need someone to help me do it because they're not like I never went deep on them, but I've seen them a bunch of times. They're so good live too. But yeah, that's how I feel about them. Yeah, Chris, I never get to ask this question, um, but since you're an actual musician <laughs> on our show, um, would you consider Cursive an influence on Mansions? Huh. Um... I mean, I'm sure, yeah, like, because uh, there's something that I was listening to, and so, you know, anything yeah. that you're into, even if you're not directly thinking about it, um, and, like, there's a lot that's interesting about them, and, and the kind of ambition that you can try to make something that's more than just, like, a collection of songs, hmm. um, you know, is, that's, like, a nice thought to have in your head, even if you don't, like, try to do that directly. That makes sense. I've never yeah. written anything. 
And, and I do like, even like their abrasive stuff that like I'm not necessarily into as a listener, I really like intellectually that they're doing it because I can tell that they're kind of doing it for themselves. Like, here we go. Here's an example. Yeah. <laughs> Timing. <laughs> like, they're trying to get like a mood across versus trying to make something that we want to listen to. Um, right. Which is sort of, I think, what like makes it like art versus just commerce, you know? Well, and another thing I was because, like, like you were saying, obviously Tim was trying to do the good life, and for additional content, maybe that also does solo stuff. And he's like, "Do you know anything about like you've written a movie too, right, or something?" Uh, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know, but he, Tim Casher, like, he's like pretty prolific. He's like done a lot of things, and I think he definitely, as a human, even outside of person, I think definitely thinks about. Things in a very different way than just like I'm writing songs, I'm putting it on paper. Like he approaches what I was reading was like maybe kind of approaches things in a very like writing way, and even as an album, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, the storytelling is really interesting, and one of the things he does that I think is really cool is where you can't always tell if he's the narrator or if he's the person that he's talking about. Hmm. Um, you can like tell that he's playing with that in a way that's really interesting. Uh, I've decided that the uh, ambient tracks in the middle are uh, pranks, <laughs> <laughs> so that you turn your speakers up because, like, oh, this organ's getting quiet, and then they they hit you with a super abrasive guitars. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, like, as, like, a musician, that's definitely something that you're thinking about when you're sequencing an album of, like, having something really come down to then kind of surprise you when it comes in. Like, they definitely did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> wow, confirming Ramsey's crazy theory here. Hey. <laughs> I believe in the music industry, they're called jump scares. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a different song from the... This is the same song. Oh, wow. Well, it's the same song that was just happening. This one is a different color. This one is almost three minutes into this one. This is quite a shift from where we started. (laughs) I like this part. I like doo-doo-to-doos. Yeah, and this is the one I was thinking about before, where Mm -hmm. it's like, this part, I think, is especially good because of how abrasive the earlier part is. Yeah. You might be selling me on this one then. <laughs> yes. I, I will begrudgingly concede defeat on this particular song. But I feel like though that is in line with your opinions on like yelling and like <laughs> loud parts in songs is just like is lo- like you if there's a thought behind it and an emotion, you like get where it's coming from. Yes, and yes. I feel like that's not so crazy. Heather, if you could try not to undo the setup I did at the beginning to make myself look really cool, that would be. <laughs> I love yelling. Yeah, oh what, yeah. What, very cool. What do you like? What do you listen to? Um, it's it's kind of a mishmash. It in lately has kind of uh, gravitated more towards like dad rock. Uh, okay. I I started with like they might be giants, and then obviously Beatles and stuff like that. A lot of oldies, and then over time I've. Uh, I'm just getting into Prince a lot. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's really good. Oh, yeah. He's an up-and-comer, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm doing a lot of catch-up. Yeah. What dad rock are you currently into? Um, I said dad rock because I enjoy the work of Wings, earnestly. Oh, we <laughs> Dude, were Wings is good. Day, dad rock. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what that would be. Probably the National. Right. Who I love. Uh, I'm try- now I'm trying to think what modern day dad rock is. And I am being hypnotized by this guitar riff. <laughs> yeah, I think the national falls into that, in like Bon Iver a little bit. Mm. Wilco. Yeah, yeah, current day Wilco. 
Is, is Gautier still doing anything? <laughs> I don't That's a good question. Anyways. Fair. Yeah, he was more top 40. <laughs> this song's called Harold Weathervane as a name, not an item. Oh, because there was a Harold earlier, but the other kind of Harold? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, song five was Harold, like, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. And this is Harold, like, the man. Hello, I'm Harold Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I never knew Frankenstein's first name before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now we do. Now we all know this fact. <laughs> oh, you mean Harold Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 Oh, God. To be fair, if Frankenstein did play an uh, instrument, I do feel like it would be an organ. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him playing the saw. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like that. That's or the jug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in with Neutral Milk Hotel tonight, <laughs> Harold Frankenstein. Harold Frankenstein. <laughs> Modern day dads definitely listen to Nature Milk Hotel, also, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yep, that makes sense. Keeps so does Heather, young. but that's fine. <laughs> uh, what is this? Oh, bloody murderer. <sighs> <laughs> I don't think that's a wrong reaction. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Is this one called Bloody Murderer the Song? Like, Butcher the Song? Because they killed this one. Now there's bells! That's awesome! This this just sounds like spooky video game music. I can't argue with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What? Is that a vocorder too on top of everything else? Uh or just the zoom call? <laughs> I just think the call, because I don't it's think it's just so. your bandwidth. Okay. Well there is like a No, I don't know, there's some weird noise, but it's not on the vocals. Yeah, when I was listening on headphones the other day, they do have all these like weird like talking and stuff going yeah. on in the background. So, the second I hear there's a ghost in my bed, I oh. immediately think of a deleted scene from Ghostbusters. <laughs> a ghost uh, performed oral sex on Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dumbest thing. And it's, they sh- never should have let it out of the vault. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they never should have cut it out of the room. <laughs> no, I think the right decision was made. But it's not fair for only me to have this knowledge. So, <laughs> uh, according to Genius, where I, the authority, uh, it means that he is haunted by the ghost of his lover, but she claims that he won't let her leave, like an allusion to his unwillingness to let go of his past relationship. Hmm. I think, is this, hold on, I gotta look quick. Is this after they broke up and Tim got divorced? I think so. Yes. Oh yeah, because wasn't Domestica like all about his divorce? I think you are correct. Yes. Yeah, they released their first two albums in the nineties and then broke up and then got back together. The band broke up or yeah. and he got divorced on top of that? Well, the band broke up because I think they were also just super young, but like Tim got married and moved to Portland. Like one of the people went to school in like North Carolina, like I don't know. They all just like, I think they were probably like 18 and they all just like went and did shit mm. until the band broke up. But then they got, Tim got divorced and moved back to Omaha and they got, not all of them, but a lot of them got back together and wrote Domestica, which is the album before this one. No, several before this one, actually. Damn, they put out an album in 2000, 2001, 2002, and 2003. Wow. That is crazy. <laughs> Oh no, wait, that's the most. Oh. That was just him. Sorry, I forgot what page I was on. But still, Tim put on. That's really impressive. 
This is the most uh, promising start to a song so far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this one's called Sierra. Yeah, this is a good one. Oh, yeah. Ramsey, were you able to pick up on the background yelling there through this Zencaster false? Uh, like the, the lyrics that were being sung? No, there's like people yelling in the background. And oh, no. Would you find it funny, or would it break your heart if this was used in a Sierra Mist commercial? <laughs> I would hate that. <laughs> I think I'd be into it. <laughs> I think I just work in advertising too much, and I would just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Two worlds that aren't meant to collide. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's always weird when, like, things I actually like music-wise brought them in my life at work. It happens sometimes, but rarely. I was a big fan of the band of Montreal in college. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah. They were not a huge deal at this time, but they ended up getting a song, or they sold a song to Outback Steakhouse. What? Yeah. And, and they, they changed, changed the lyrics. lyrics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> so crazy. What? And they seemed like the last band who would be willing yeah. to do that, which made it so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go out back tonight. <laughs> oh, I kind of remember this. Yeah. I do make they were Oh, yeah. Because yeah, what was the original lyric? Like, uh, let's pretend we don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Yep. Yeah, and also to clarify, it wouldn't break my heart because, like, I have a thing about selling out. I, I think everyone should sell out and get paid. I really don't give a <laughs> shit at all. Um, I just have a thing against uh, soda advertising. All too soda. <laughs> but very extra. Do you think it's interesting that like the concept of selling out sort of disappeared or like hmm. stopped being a concern at it? Right? Yeah, because it it was like you know the biggest thing where it's like <laughs> oh my god that band's a bunch of sellouts oh, and then just yeah. all of a sudden it was like yeah get paid get that money. <laughs> right. What happened? I don't know. Like, yeah, what in the world? There must have been something that triggered it. Like, was it like... The internet? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like... Yeah. After 9-11, we were all just... <laughs> You're like, fuck it. <laughs> like... Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to go back and, like, pin it on, like, what was the first acceptable product placement or whatever. Like, but I, no. all I can think of is, like, Michael Jordan chilling for everything <laughs> and still being beloved. But I don't know if that's the right angle here. I don't know. Like, I think also, like, specifically in, like, obviously punk music selling out was, like, ugh, the biggest deal in the mm -hmm. world. Yeah. But, like, I don't think anyone would give a shit now. Like. Was it the Green Day musical? <laughs> yeah, that's what pushed everyone <laughs> over the edge. Like, oh, we're on Broadway now. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> or was it something, like, when, when Napster and, like, people stopped buying records oh. that then people were like, okay, it's a, all right to do ads because you have to make money somehow? Yeah, that's, that, I mean, that's yeah. a good call. Like, I feel like that's probably more it than uh, any of the other crazy things we've said thus far. Because, yeah. Like, it does seem, like, more logical than, like, the public is, you know? Sure. Like, yeah. people aren't that smart when they're thinking about it. It, it might even be, like, a, a psychological thing of, like, I don't own this physical album, so I don't own a part oh. of the music. I don't wow. have a say. Damn. That, that's an interesting angle. Really going in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do think, though, like, th that's, I feel like, about the time when everyone started streaming stuff that people probably stopped giving as much of a shit about selling out. I mean, I also think, too, like... I, that's about the time it also became incredibly hard for labels to make money for anyone yeah. to make money and I do think like there's also there are just like it's a harder A everyone can make music now much easier but it's so much harder to make money at it so yeah. I don't know yeah but, and then once everyone is doing it then it's like what's the point in complaining about people selling out when that's right. just like what everyone does yeah, and I mean now like 
ugh, whatever. Obviously, everyone is just like, let me do a thing on TikTok and get paid for it, you know? So like now <laughs> yeah. that culture is like, we're in the opposite. We're in get paid culture at all costs. So yeah, I, I watched yeah. an hour long Peacock commercial because it was a 30 Rock reunion. <laughs> what? Yeah, they did a, a new episode of 30 Rock, but it was 100% just shilling for the new streaming service. Oh my god. Jesus. Okay. And it wasn't, it's like, there were enough jokes in there that it still felt worth my hour. <laughs> I mean, I literally make branded content, which is an app <laughs> to trick you into watching it, so I don't really know who that is. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't really have a leg to stand on here, so... You're part of the problem. I'm literally the problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, everyone go drink wild turkey. Um, <laughs> Ramsey, this is the last song. Isn't um, this one, like, ten minutes long now? It is ten minutes long. <laughs> Heather, you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm a long closer, though. I know this about you. Did you say love? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, you're still a jerk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it depends on the closer. Yeah, you want to... Okay, so... On, I think this is hotter than the at the drive-in take. Ramsey didn't like Goodbye Sky Harbor uh, as wow. a closer thirty, which to me is psychotic, but... Each own. <laughs> oh my god. Did you just think it was too long or did you not like what was going on? I think, yeah, I didn't necessarily hate what was going on. Uh, it just kept going and yeah. it took a long time to get where it was going. Um, and then I, I do think a big part of it is my first time hearing it is also. Uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to talk over it and have interesting things to say. And it's just. Yeah. Over and over again. <laughs> 16 yeah. minutes. You're not 16 with the windows rolled down, yeah. driving around at night. Yeah. God. Which, like, uh, I bought a car, like, four days ago. Uh, and I literally can't wait to drive around at night listening to, like, an album from when I was 16. I'm so excited for it. <laughs> yeah, that is the era, for sure. I'm really looking for to it but i have to leave like i live in brooklyn i have to leave brooklyn to do that like cool yeah they... can't wait to listen to like an emo album from my teen years and drive two blocks and hit a stoplight <laughs> the main thing stopping you right now is the uh ability to find a parking spot when you're done listening to that no, album you can't park that <laughs> late night in brooklyn it's impossible <laughs> yeah Uh, do I have seven minutes of this ahead of me, or do more things happen? Well, there's five mm. minutes left. Okay. Uh, gonna be honest, I don't remember. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, I think it does look kind of like deconstruction type of thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Which, if you hated Goodbye Sky Harbor, you're gonna hate this. <laughs> <laughs> this is very, uh... I, I don't love using the word epic, but it has that sort of sweeping feel to it. So it, it does feel like this is the right place for it, like the closing track. Correct. This would be weird if this was the opening track. <laughs> and it does have the, the doo-doos that you liked before. <laughs> this is true. Much more choral sounding, though. Yeah. Yeah, where do you stand on a choral arrangement? I'm okay with it. It feels unusual for this album, but it it's it suits it so far. Fits in with organ, in my opinion, because all of these things are just church things to me. <laughs> Do you guys like strings on albums in general? I love them. <laughs> really? Same here. Do you? Uh, I don't know uh, that I do. <laughs> fair. I mean, here's what I would say is that I think it, it obviously depends on the usage. I think most of the music I listen to, it would be very sparing and very rare. So I feel like that's why I'm okay with it. But um, I think in general I do, yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes I feel like it, it's like cheating as a way of like eliciting an emotional response because we're so trained from like movies and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that, you know? 
No, that I think that's sense. very fair. <laughs> but uh, I also I think I'm being arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally get that. Because it, it is funny, because with, with this choral arrangement, what popped into my head is um, on the, I think it's the most recent American football album, there's a kids choir. And I think that actually kind of does exactly what you're saying, where it's like, it kind yeah. of like amps up the emotion in maybe an unearned way. <laughs> like, I think it's a great song, but yeah, I don't, I don't think you're wrong about that. I'm going to yeah. throw out some songs that have strings on them, and I want you, you both to tell me good or bad. Okay. <laughs> Eleanor Rigby. Great. Good, because that's the whole, the whole point. Like, there's no song <laughs> otherwise. Agreed. <laughs> Uh, uh, I wish I could, uh, Drops of Jupiter. <laughs> Great. I don't think I remember the strings in that song. They came in at the end. Okay. Uh, honestly, all right. That's an okay pop song. Uh, Hard for Me to Say I'm Sorry by Chicago. I don't know what song that is offhand. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, everybody needs a time away. <laughs> oh well my dad really likes chicago so i'm sure i've heard it a thousand times so probably uh in the same group as steely dan don't love it <laughs> uh, the last one is tiny dancer iconic yeah but i don't know if it needs the strings do you know like like when they did uh let it be when they did the let it be naked version oh yeah yeah like i like that version way better than the original i agree with you Interesting. Get out of here, Spectre. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need your gun-toting craziness. <laughs> Take off the wig. <laughs> Tear down the wall of sound. Man, we were watching the Beatles anthology the other day, and every time Spectre would pop up, it's just <laughs> like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you, because also, like... I uh, I was discussing this with my friend the other day. This is all related to this country version of this Panic at the Disco song that I'm very into the cover. Um, I love a cover of a song, but I love it when it changes it. And I do feel like a lot of the time that's more often like a stripped back version versus like doing extra. Um, yeah. So I don't think I disagree with your take on this. Yeah. Um, Ramsey, how are you feeling about this song? <laughs> I mean... It's whatever. It's it's slowly fading out. <laughs> well, that was it. That was the whole album. All right. It's only a 40-minute album. I was just going to ask it, it how long that was, because it, it didn't feel long. It's not that long. That's good. I think those weird ambient tracks in the middle uh, space it out in a way that it feels like... How many actual songs are on this album? Twelve. Okay. So I'm not getting ripped off. No, there's well, only but... two very short ones. But isn't it 12? That's including the short ones, right? Yeah, 12 with the short ones. Mm. But you're getting 10 plus a song that's 10 minutes. So I think you're getting a whole length song. Yeah, I think on the whole, uh, I enjoyed that. Wow. I liked, you do think I liked, you enjoyed that? I do think I, I liked that. <laughs> this <is> confusing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you were liking it. I... I, I say if I'm gonna uh, specter this, if if I'm uh, <laughs> in there fiddling with knobs, I'm gonna cut the stupid organ tracks in the middle. Fair, yes. that's fine. Uh, we're, we're all in agreement on that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but there were definitely songs that I didn't love. Sure. Uh, the weird industrial ones where they forgot to put guitars on the beginning. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but the pretty ones. Uh, really worked for me, and I liked the cello a lot. I thought I think that added a different dimension that we don't usually get to hear on this podcast. Um, and like, I don't disagree with what you're saying about strings being a cheat, to, <laughs> but, but it's a cheat I like. <laughs> yeah, and they do it different. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's another instrument in the band as opposed right. to. Yeah, as opposed to an orchestra coming in to like just swell at the end of a song, like right, exactly. I feel like so. I'm just guessing 
uh, about their career as a whole. I feel like this is a band where I would enjoy three or four tracks from an album, but and then want to cut the rest of them. But that's still a positive feeling that I'm leaving that with cursive. All right. I'll take it. Yeah. I, I expected it to be a much lower rating from you. <laughs> I think it's the uh, trying different things. Okay. Whereas like a bright eyes, his biggest trick that I've heard so far is sometimes it's recorded uh, in a room with one microphone. And sometimes it's recorded in a rooftop <laughs> studio effects. And that's all Whoa. you got, Connor. That's all you got, Connor. <laughs> okay, so, to be fair, we've only done Lifted. <laughs> really? But that one has all sorts of crazy stuff on it. I know. He didn't love it. <laughs> oh. yeah, so, like when they walk to the studio with the microphones on, you're wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> so you might like The Good Life, then, if you like yeah. the pretty stuff on this. I, I think you could be into that. Yeah. I do like the Weezer song, The it's Good Life. The Weezer song. There you go. There. That is right. We can all agree. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, that might be my favorite Weezer song. Wow, it's up there for sure. Definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of an Africa guy. Oh god. Oh, just kidding. That's the worst thing I've ever put on not, wax. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, horrible. How, how did this hold up for you guys? Um, for me, honestly, I I think I mentioned this at the beginning, but like. I was shocked at how much I still really liked it going back to it. Cause I hadn't listened to it in a long time. How about yeah. You, Chris? yeah. I feel the same way. It, it doesn't feel too like dated or embarrassing or anything like that. It, it's an interesting one where like, I feel like I have to listen to the whole thing if I'm listening to yeah. it versus like, I'm not going to put any of the songs on a playlist, you know? Yeah. This is not, yeah, this is, I would agree with that. This is not when you're pulling out songs, individual tracks from necessarily. Like maybe Art is Heart of the Recluse, but that is it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it holds up. It did a good job. Yeah. And like, I, I think I said this again too, but like, I just, it doesn't sound like 2003 to me. Like we listened to some many uh, albums on this podcast where we're just like, ooh, woof, this from the <laughs> Photoshop filter on this album cover to every sound sounds like the year 2000 or whatever. And I don't, think that is the case at all on this album yeah yeah it sounds like that saddle creek era for sure but like that's kind of its own world anyways outside of time yeah i totally agree this like is... oh sorry no, no no i was just gonna say i mean i think the thing i would say it most sounds like is probably uh desperacitos connor Roberts thing but like yeah i also think that does not sound dated at all either so yeah yeah it's a good like uh kind of like motivation or rationale of like if you make something that doesn't really fit in with whatever's going on yeah. in the world at that time then maybe it can hold up later yeah um this is gonna sound like i'm doing a bit right now but i <laughs> just need to ask this question to see if i'm going crazy uh speaking of dated stuff we did hear a song called i kissed a drunk girl at one point right oh uh, yes we did okay what who's that but something corporate Oh really? I don't know that. I'm, I'm kind of glad I missed that one. <laughs> it is from I think their first album, "Leaving Through the Window." Yeah. Yeah. Well, or wait, maybe well, the whole the lyric, the lyric, or is the it whole the Constantine thing is like beyond problematic, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's also, I think, not great. Uh, <laughs> wait, sorry. Now I'm scrolling to try to figure out what. Oh, the song is called "Drunk Girl." On that album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's way better than that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh not the full title isn't I kissed a drunk girl. That's I'm just so sorry. <laughs> Something corporate, I apologize for yeah, you. We have kind of dove into that in some other albums where it's just like I mean, most commonly like a pop punk album where it's just like, yeah, this song is mad problematic now and probably fucked me up from listening to it so much when I was <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Totally. Uh, not great. Uh, <laughs> it's cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, why, Ramsey? <laughs> Where did that were, come sorry. From? We were talking about, like, this song, these, this album not sounding dated. Oh, yeah. So my brain went to, like, what has sounded dated? And I just couldn't remember for sure if I dreamed that or if we actually heard that song. Oh, no, okay. that happened. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was that's our that was a real song i think that was even a single um boy oh boy yeah mm -hmm. different times um well i'm pleasantly surprised that you liked this as much as you did uh yeah me too uh i did not think i would based on the album art the title um <laughs> the, the it, comparison to at the drive-in sure it might just be yeah like well okay just real quick at the drive-in's lyrics are nonsensical and well, i don't know uh, what you're talking about there about outer space go on <laughs> <laughs> um whereas these felt like i keep going back to that idea of like that emotional earned like uh they they felt i felt something was in there in the music and okay. i think that made all the difference all right nice. all right i get that um cool well thanks so much for bringing this to force ramsey to listen to chris yeah, thank you chris <laughs> hey anytime this is fun um chris where can people find you online oh uh you know there's the social media stuff mm -hmm. uh mansions mm -hmm. we we're just at mansions uh we put out a new album about a month ago called big bad uh you can go get that on streaming services and all that kind of thing great uh how about you ramsey you can find me on twitter at ramsey ess and uh you'll get to everything there heather where can we find you on the internet at heather shea uh, on all the things. I never tweet, but you know, <laughs> I only just tweet about this podcast. Uh, it's fine. Go follow my Instagram. Um, I think that's it. Leave us yeah. a review. Suggest an album. Um, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Subscribe. Uh, I think that's it. I think Great. so. Uh, again, I'm cool and I was dancing. That's how I broke yeah. my toe. Yeah, because <laughs> dancing super cool. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. TikTok, it is very cool now. I'm, I'm not the cool one now. Um, <laughs> cool. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.